Good morning. Glad to be here this morning. Hope you are. Well, I'm going to explain why I've got two different shoes on. A few weeks back, my wife and I came home from eating, and we have a three-year-old basset hound. And Kay was on the phone with Stephanie, our daughter, and I go in the house, turn the TV on. I was getting ready to watch the Braves play. And uh, a couple of minutes later, my phone rings, and it's Stephanie. And I'm like, she's just talking to her mother. Why is she calling me? So I answer the phone. Stephanie says, you need to go out in the yard. Mama's fail. And I thought, oh, no. So I go out there. She's sitting in the yard. She says, I think I broke my ankle. And I said, Samson, which is our dog. She said, yeah, I got tangled up in his chain. So Stephanie was not far away, and she comes back, and I'm checking Kay. And uh, Stephanie said, what can I do? And I said, turn our car around and back it up, and we'll put her in the car and take her to the hospital. So she did. She backed the car up. I get uh, Kay up, and she just locks up. She will not move nothing. And I said, okay, I'm going to pick you up and move you a little bit at a time till we get to the car. Okay. First time I moved her, I don't know if she got nervous or what, but she got off balance, knocked me off balance. I fell on my hip, and she fell on my leg. (laughs) Stephanie comes around the car and says, what in the world are y'all doing? (laughs) Her mother is laughing, and I'm not laughing. And she said, Mom, are you all right? And she said, yes, I'm all right. And she looks at me and she said, Dad? And I said, no, I don't know. I said, I think I might have broke my ankle. (laughs) And so I get up and I can walk. It hurts a little bit. So Stephanie said, well, we're going to have both of you checked. I said, no, we're going to get your mama taken care of. So we take her to the hospital and they say, well, she's got a bad sprain. Well, we go to ASOM a few days later and they said, no, you got a broke foot. I still haven't been checked, but mine's getting worse. So I wait a couple of weeks. I go to AOSM. They put me in this boot, and they told me I got torn ligaments. So everybody knows now this, how great our story is. And Well, i got to tell you this part, though. I forgot to tell you this part. Worse, Kay's there. Stephanie won't let me help. And Stephanie called Brandon, and Brandon didn't answer his phone. So her being a Williams, her temper went, whew. And she takes her mama and just picks her up and sets her in the car. And she wouldn't let me help, and I thought, Brandon is in trouble. (laughs) So that's... (laughs) So anyway, today... We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. And then I'm going to read out of Philippians 4, 10 through 13 a little bit later. So in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through the faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6 says, In this you will greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that precious though it is tested by fire, may be found uh, to praise, honor, and glory the revelation of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen you uh, love, though now you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with uh, joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This morning I want to tell you about a little problem I had, a little situation a few years back. It grew into a large situation. In 2000, kind of the last part of 2008, 2009, I had a couple of back surgeries early in 2009. But in July of 2009, I had a major back surgery. I had a fusion surgery. And they did the type that they've never done. And I'm adding this from this morning because somebody asked me about it. So the type surgery I had, they'd never done one like this in Dalton. And Dr. Lashley wanted to do one like this because this new procedure allowed him to go in through the front because it was my lower back and him be able to clean out the disc and then go in from the back. So basically, they opened me up in the front and dumped everything out. Dr. Lashley went in and did his thing, put everything back, sewed me up, flipped me over, and he did the rest of the back surgery. It was an eight-hour surgery. I spent seven days in the hospital to make sure everything was back working the way it was supposed to. And I get home after being in hospital for seven days and if it, there's some people in this church that can relate to what I'm going to talk about because the economy was bad in 2008 and 2009 a lot of people got laid off a lot of people lost their jobs during that time period well I hadn't been home about 20 minutes and I was working in Atlanta at the time as a superintendent for a commercial construction company. I love my job. I love being a superintendent. But my boss called me and told me, he said, look, work's real slow. We're not getting anything coming in. I'm going to have to lay you off. Here I've had major back surgery. I'm trying to, going to go through a recovery period. And now I've just got laid off from my job. So my life went from a rough time to a tough time. And then as time went on, well, about 10 minutes after my phone call with him, I look in my utility room and my utility room's full of smoke. My dryer is burned up and I'm trying to get my dryer out of my utility room right after having back surgery and can't hardly move to keep it from burning my house down. So things come in bunches. So as time went on, I applied for jobs every day, online, however I could. But knowing I was going through this recovery time, even if I'd have got a job, I don't know how I could have worked 
the first few months. So my time period went on, and as it went on, I started feeling this way, down. My life was rough because every morning I'd get up and I'd think, well, I don't even want to be here. But I thought, well, I want to be a superintendent again. But every job I applied for, you had to have a college education, and I didn't have one. So I decided to go back to school. So I applied to Georgia Northwestern. They had a construction management degree, and so I entered that. But that didn't solve my problem of how we're going to make it financially. And it just kept rocking on month, day after day, week after week, month after month. So this went on for about a year. And so I wasn't doing anything except going to school a few hours a day and going home and dreading doing that. And so my daughter-in-law, Tina, came to me and asked me if I would paint the nursery and the toddler room. I said, yeah, I wasn't doing anything. So the nursery, I come to paint, and there's four gallons of paint sitting at each, there's a gallon sitting at each wall. So they wanted each wall a different color, which wasn't no big thing. I just, I painted them. And it was amazing to me, later on, people would come to me and say, did you take them corners before you painted them? And I thought, well, is something wrong? No, no, I didn't tape them. Well, how did you do that? Well, I've been painting for 20 years, you know. I didn't think anything about it. But through that, I got six paint jobs from the church. I didn't think it was any big deal. But it got me six jobs. And so I thought, well, maybe I should get back into this. So... A little while after that, I, I was doing those paint jobs. I had to go to the doctor, and I walk in the waiting room, and this guy I know, his, son's, his son graduated with Jordan. He went to school with Jonathan Jordan, played ball with him. And I'd done some work for him years previous when they were in school, and he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm getting back into doing the handyman service. He said, well, I got a little job at my house. That little job has turned into 13 years worth of work. For the first three years, we worked for, I ended up hiring my son, Jonathan, to work with me about three or four months after I got back into it because he was needing a job. And we've worked solid for those guys almost 13 years. But for the first three years, we worked for nobody but him. He had enough work to keep us busy. So if we allow God to work with us and tell us how to go, then we can make it. But the first thing you have to have is you have to have God in your life. You have, to have, you have had to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior for you to have the first point I'm going to make today, and that's the living hope. You can believe that Christ lived, 
But if you don't bring him into your heart, if you don't accept him as your Lord and Savior, the rest of this don't mean anything. The first thing you have to have in your life is Jesus Christ. And we, we serve a living Savior because of the resurrection from where he was res resurrected from the dead. And if we bring him into our heart, that's the first step in our living hope. And when we have that hope, then we can do all things. But Peter also tells us about various trials that we go through. And it says, if need be. You know, there's times that God says, you need to go through something. And I think if I had listened to God, my trial would have not lasted as long as it did. Because early on in this story that I just told you, I was thinking, well, I'll get back into the handyman service. And I said to myself, no, I don't want to. I want to be a superintendent for another company. That's what I wanted. That's not the path God had for me. But see, I think that was the Holy Spirit after I, I'm good at looking th at things that happened. I'm not good at looking at it during the time. But I honestly believe that it was the Holy Spirit telling me, Frank, you, you get back into this. We'll take care of you. And I said, no, that's not what I want. I want to be a superintendent. And God says, if need be. So my need be was I was going to stay in that trial. Okay, you handle it then, God says. You take care of it. Well, it rocked on for a year. I couldn't take care of it. There was nothing I could do. I felt hopeless because at the end of the year, I was so down. There was no jobs to be available in what I wanted to do. And God allowed me to go through that trial because of that. And so this trial could have been shorter if I'd just listened to the Holy Spirit. But I didn't. And I'm telling you this morning, if you'll listen to God, God will get you through something a lot quicker than if you try to take care of it yourself. And so I learned a hard lesson, a very hard lesson. And then it talk, you know, he talks about going through these trials. And, uh, you know, it's just sometimes we have to go through them. And then, you know, to do this, we have to have God in a, our life. You know, and the first thing is accepting Christ because Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So to have that life, you have to have Christ in your life. And He can show you the way. But we have to be able to accept that. And not say, no, I'm going to go my way, God. And me being stubborn, as I said, I am a Williams. I'm a full-fledged Williams. I, I am stubborn. My kids know that. My grandkids know that. And most everybody that knows me knows that. <laughs> and, and so I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm saying that's just who I am. 
And God knows that. But he will show us the way. And Jesus being the truth. What is the truth? The word. He shows us the way through the word. If we will just take time to listen. And go through these trials. Well, when you're going through these trials, what do you have to have? You have to have faith. And you have to have genuine faith. And I tell you, it gets hard after a while. Because when God doesn't answer you, the silence can be definite. And for months, because I didn't listen to the Holy Spirit, God said, okay, you take care of it. Well, you know, I didn't see that at that time. I was thinking, God, where are you at in my life? Well, I didn't know that God was working behind the scenes. He was leading me towards who he wanted me to go. And it took a simple painting of nurseries to get me on track. I didn't think nothing about it when I painted those. Didn't know what it was going to lead to. Didn't even think about that. But I was letting things in my life affect my, my spiritual life. The physical things on, here on earth. And God talks about bigger things. We should be looking at the end. The rewards that we're going to get. But we get caught up in life. The daily life of ours. You know, this, this trial I was going through wasn't any kind of sin I'd committed. It was just life. It's just things that we go through. Other people were going through similar things because, I mean, they probably didn't have back surgery, but they, had, they got laid off from jail. Their world was devastated as much as mine. Because when it happens to you, you think, oh man, what am I going to do? And I'll talk to these old folks because I'm not old yet, but these old folks, you know, they... They have a harder time getting a job when, you, when you're 50 plus and something happens to you. They don't want to hire us old folks. They want the young people. So it was harder for us to get jobs. You know, and it, it, it's, when I was young, I could get a job anywhere I wanted to, anytime I wanted to. I never had a problem. But when you got to go through that, you better have some, some moral support. You better have some support from God that can get you through it. And through this, I want to read uh, Philippians 4, 10 through 13. And I'm reading out of the New King James. It says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did not did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned to whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to be abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full, full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I like what the NIV says in Philippians 4, 11, the way it speaks to verse 11. 
it says in the NIV, it says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Paul is saying, look, don't allow this circumstance to dictate your faith. And I was kind of in that situation. I was letting my circumstances affect my faith. Because as time went on, my faith got less. Because I was not hearing from God. But even though I was not hearing from God, God was working. And if we allow Him to work, He'll come to the forefront. But we were, I was so down on myself. I mean, I was having pity party after pity party. Especially as time went on. And so during that time, Brett and I had several conversations. And I went to him one time, kind of close to the end of this period I'm talking about. And I told him, I said, Brett, I have long lost my joy. I've lost my hope. Now, folks, you can lose your joy. But you lose your hope and things have really gotten bad. And I had no hope because I didn't feel like there was an answer for me during that time. He was giving me encouragement, but I was not feeling it because I, I just, I had no hope. Every day I got up, I, did, I dreaded it. I hope nobody in this room ever, ever has to go through that because when you cannot have something that you can look forward to every day, you're in a bad situation. And I felt like God had abandoned me. I felt like I had let my family down. I couldn't support my family. I was physically not able to do things that I wanted to be able to do. I mean, from every aspect of my life, I felt like a failure. And then one day I got to paint a room and my life changed. And it was all because of God. You can say, no, that ain't what God done. But yes, it is. God led me to paint that and I had no idea what it was going to lead to. Didn't even think about what it was going to. I just thought I was painting the rooms to really be nice, you know, give me something to do. But 13 years later, working for those guys, God has blessed me in every aspect of my life. During that time, I lost possessions. I lost my health. Uh, I, I can't say I lost my spiritual, but I got awful low. I mean, I still, still come to church, but... Worshiping was not my thing to do. But I tell you what, without this church, without my family, without, from the support I got from this church, I would come to church and people would come up to me and say, I don't know how you're getting through this. You must have amazing faith. And I'm thinking, 
What are you talking about? I mean, that's how low I was. I didn't say that to people, but that was what I was thinking. And I had several people through that time that would say, I've been thinking about you and I just don't know how you get, are getting through this with everything that's going on. And now I look back on it and I think because of the support system I had and that I had Christ in my life, that he didn't give up on me, even though there was times I give up on myself. But if we'll continue to believe that God can get us through anything. And at this point in my life, I've turned everything over to God. You can take every possession I've got and I could care less. Because I've still got God that could take care of me. And he'll take care of my wife. I thought those were huge mountains that we were facing, trying to climb. There is little bumps in the road. This thing we have, we laugh about it. I mean, it's nothing. I mean, nothing compared to what it could be. I couldn't get through that situation if I didn't have God in my life. And I didn't have a support system as the church. You know, people that talk about, we talked about this a little bit in Life in the Word, uh, that people say, oh, I can go out in the woods and I can worship by myself and I'll be all right. Well, I don't see how. Because I tell you what, without this support system through this church, I couldn't have got through it. And we need that. That's what God's plan is for us to support each other during those times. Every one of you in this room may be on top of the mountain today, but I guarantee you sometime in your life you're going to go through that valley. And you're going to need God. And you're going to need this support system. It's the greatest thing God ever invented. He knew what he was doing. The plan he's made for each and every one of us. That's why every time Brett asks me to step up here, I'm willing to do it. Because I love sharing what God has done for me. I'm not boasting. I'm just telling you the plain facts. If I didn't have God, I wouldn't be up here today. I probably wouldn't be alive today. Because I just don't know how... Mentally, I could have got through that situation without having God in my life and having my support system that I had. And do I have joy? Oh, tremendous joy. And I don't think about the things I have here now. As Peter says, the joy is inexpressible. I can't put it in words what it's going to be like when we get to heaven, but I know that I'm not going to have words to explain it. That God is so good and he's prepared something so great that you could name the greatest thing on this earth and it's going to be probably a hundred 
thousand times better in heaven. Because that's how God rolls. And when he shows up, oh man, it's great. And he has blessed my family so much. I said I wasn't going to cry today, but I never do. Me and Neil's the same way. We always cry, don't we, Neil? <laughs> That's because the joy is just overflowing. Because God, you know, it's hard for me to explain it. If you haven't went through it, if you don't experience what God can do for you, if you don't take time to listen to God. So this morning, you know, where are you at in your life? Are you depending on God through the good times, the bad times? He wants to be there every day. You know, he answers prayers for little things just as much as he answers prayer for big things. He'll be involved in every aspect of your life if you allow him to. And I just thank God that he was there for me when I didn't think he was doing anything. He was working wonders in the background. He was getting the way prepared for me. And he will for you. But we have to take time to listen to what God is telling us to do. If we quench the Holy Spirit God's going to say, okay. He gives you that choice. You're not a robot. God will allow you to make your own choice. But I'd rather make one that God tells me to make. And I had to learn that the hard way. And when you go through a year of what our, my family went through, not, and it wasn't just me. My family was going through the same thing. Because of that. And it wasn't, really, it started out, it wasn't anything we caused. Maybe a genetic de defect because my back's messed up, but it wasn't nothing we could do. You know, I, it's just there. It's part of life. And we have to learn to deal with it. But we deal with it through Christ. So this morning, if I had one question to ask, it would be, are you depending on God during the rough times? It's easy for you to come up here and say, oh, God is great when you're on top of the mountain. But can you say that when you're at the bottom of the valley? Because there's not a mountain God can't climb. And God can remove that mountain. Like I say, they're nothing but little bumps in the road now. And you know, a lot of things, we were talking about this in life and work. A lot of things that you thought was devastating in your life, you can laugh at now in, in hindsight. I don't laugh at that situation. That one was tough. But there's a lot of things that happen that I laugh about now. We make fun of it. But if we just look at it in the big picture, if we'll think about what we're going to receive the day we go to heaven. You know, we, I have people, I've heard them say, and I've probably said it also, man, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God this, or I'm going to ask God that. No, you're not. You're going to be in such awe of finally being there 
that you're going to drop on your knees and you're just going to worship Christ. There's no questions going to be answered. It ain't going to matter. Not one bit. When we get there, we're going to be completed our journey. Then he said, what if the rapture comes? Is all that metal in your body going to come out? And I said, I hope. God told me it was. <laughs> I'm going to have a new body. Because I got a lot of metal in me what they put in there. You know, that's the things we need to look at. But we get caught up in this world. And the devil loves that. He loves that we stay and in, in, in just let him beat on us and beat on us and beat on us. If he gets a way to get in there to do it. And oh man, he was having a heyday with me during that time. Poor old Brett was doing everything he could to keep me going. <laughs> you know. But, you know, it's just let God have it. This morning, if you've got something going on in your life that you just, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I tell you, you come down here, leave it with God. Let him take it because he can deal with it. He's got big shoulders. Allow him to handle it. Give him the chance to figure out what needs to be done. Because he's already knows. You know, it wasn't no surprise to him what I did. He knew I was going to do that. He already knew it. But he'll, he'll get you through it. And so, I want you to think about that one question. Am I really, is my faith Really a genuine faith. Am I trusting God to get me through? And what trial are you going through? And do you really need to be going through it? Can God get me out of it? Yes, he can. But the first thing you have to have is Christ in your life. That's the first step of any of this. Is bringing Christ into your life and saying, look, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want to turn everything over to you and let you lead and guide me throughout the way because he is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to ask Michael to come. And as we think about this this morning, you have a support system. You have this church through prayer. Prayer, you can ask God to help you through it, but you have to turn it over to him. You can't just pick it back up and take it back to the pew with you. If you ask God to help, you need to leave it with God. 